occupants of interplanetary craft Calling occupants of interplanetary most extraordinary craft This is podcast 294, entitled World Contact Day. World Contact Day. And the World Contact Day. And the um, title is the alternative title for what you've just heard, which is an excerpt of a song by the Carpenters entitled Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft from their 1977 album, which I think is inspired, entitled Passage. And one of the interesting things, it's obviously what it is, it's um, the singer, it's a cover of a song by another group called Klaatu. The song um, involves the singer making human contact from our world with um, occupants of interplanetary craft in hopes of making contact on behalf of the world. And, um, you know, it's such a commentary on criticism, that is to say, formal criticism, especially of movies, records, literature, you name it. Everybody's always trying to contextualize. So if you look up this particular track, which I loved and have always loved and treasure, unusual track by Karen and Richard Carpenter, the um, everybody wants to put it in context. Oh, only in the seventies, or you know, this is a guilty pleasure. How could anybody imagine this was ever done outside of the seventies? And then they try to these people who didn't live in the seventies are trying to sort of put some kind of, you know, like people who talk about the Eisenhower era, which in fact was not at all like people say. And President Dwight Eisenhower was not remotely like the sort of person that people have in their narrative about the nineteen fifties. And similarly, this song, uh, yes, it was made in nineteen seventy or something around then, but the, um, the song is extremely cool no matter what, and if it's true, it's true now. I mean, who here doesn't want to make contact with um, occupants of interplanetary craft? I mean, seriously, and I want to talk about this, actually. I want to talk about this extremely cool song and idea and reality because it kind of... Um, universalizes something. It, it, loving uh, flying saucers and UFOs and aliens is really a um, very uh, insightful form of uh, deconstructing identities as predicates. That is to say, um, when you love people who are into identities and um, denominating everybody according to some kind of predicate or identity related to their color of their skin or their ethnicity or their gender, whatever you want to call it, are um, are deeply demoralized by um, UFO enthusiasts. People who live uh, in terms of identities are, they don't, they, they're, they're so demoralized and unsettled and sort of <laughs> bemusedly that they can't handle people like I who, uh, people similar to me and 
much further along the spectrum who um, believe that um, we are waiting to be contacted by an, an alien extraterrestrial force or world that they because it, it distorts because all of a sudden the earth becomes one in relationship to the truly alien other um, the identities that we um, project upon one another uh, let alone ourselves become um, you might say um, transcended instantaneously by close encounters of the third kind you see it at the conclusion of the very famous um movie The Day the Earth Stood Still, not the new version, which I find really obnoxiously PC, because I feel they're hitting me over the head with something on climate change and all sorts of other things, but what uh, the original Day the Earth Stood Still in the so-called Eisenhower era depicts a, a gathering of world leaders of all shapes and sizes and uh, of all religions and of all um, ethnicities and types gathering together to have a kind of final called summit meeting with uh, um, with Gort, uh, uh, or maybe actually with Klaatu, played by Michael Rennie, the alien who threatens the earth with destruction if it continues on its heedless path towards self-destruction. And it's really quite um, wonderful, And because the conclusion um, demolishes all... Um, identities as being somehow final. Yes, yes, they exist, but they are not final. And where um, uh, alien movies, the War of the Worlds and so forth, just d d completely, um, as I say, um, undo the power of these um, forces that are uh, creating... Um, really such a limitation on the human uh, animal and I really uh, person I wanted to talk about that a little because um I often say how romantic love um trumps um all uh all uh, narratives based on inequalities I was reading someone that said well um the the definition of inequality is a rising dow and um lowering wages, which, it, 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 and that's the definition of inequality. Well, the person that wrote it, whatever they may be criticized for in terms of their, the kind of maxim, rising Dow equals um, lower rate wages for the many, whether that's true or not, it was just the interest in it, the interest in, in that particular issue. It's, yes, it's important. Of course it's important. But is it final? Well, alien abduction and flying saucers uh, and the power of the extraterrestrial to desire to contact us and our openness to it nullifies in one uh, fell swoop just as romantic love because the people who become uh, focused on this kind of, uh, uh, these predicates, um, their deathbeds always undo them because either they commit suicide because they've put all their eggs in a very transitory and disappointing basket or they um, they realize often too late what they've really missed uh, and that is not anything to do with self-assertion but has everything to do with um, the universality of the human absolutely compulsed manifest destiny of desiring to make connection with a, another human being, which is really the, uh, the, the connection with God. And when you universalize the human situation by positing uh, an extraterrestrial force, you then um, completely relativize all uh, passing goods. This is why religion, uh, and especially um, the religion of Christ, has always been such a powerful um, um, accurate uh, truth because it uh, 
everybody who goes to church uh, realizes the moment they get in there, deep down, that they've come for a reason. They're, come, they've, they're often disappointed. But everyone who goes to church, whether it's a kind of a habitual um, expression of some kind of um, deeply needed contact with a childhood regimen or a childhood position or a childhood happiness, as in listening to the hymns, or whether it's driven by an acute sense that there's something there's a disturbance in the force and that we have to find some kind we are desperate to find some kind of answer mary and i were talking the other day and we were just uh we were talking about someone who's a very very high quality person we know um in a parish Um, nobody who would listen to this podcaster knows anybody who's listening to it as far as i know but this person very very seems to be a person with an almost charmed resume and uh, sort of a person you never meet anymore i mean the very best of the Southern fraternity scene, the very finest and most serving of the old Episcopal Church um, sense of dutifulness and, and even a slight element of noblesse oblige, but the proper kind, the good kind, a tremendous sense of humor, um, a, a great guy, a terrific athlete, uh, very male, but at the same time very sweet and just utterly attractive with a genuinely contacting smile and affability and, and real interest, plus a compassion. I mean, he's got all these qualities, and I said to Mary, who knows him better than I do, um, said, you know, it, 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 I, I wonder, I wonder what draws him because everyone else is, uh, everyone else who comes to the parish, it's clear if you talk to them for five minutes that they're there because of some kind of disturbance in their lives, either at the very earliest stages of it or later on, or some pain, some sorrow, some loss, some disappointment that has caused them to realize that th- things aren't well and right. And uh, she said, oh, but you, 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 you just don't know. And then she proceeded to tell me something about the individual we were discussing. And I said, oh, my gosh, well, that despite all the appearances, no wonder this particular chap is so wonderfully and kindly oriented towards the greater concerns of the church and how good it is that he finally has a rector or has a rector who is uh, on track with offering and those concerns in their full meaning. Well, that's really all I wanted to uh, talk about uh, today because um, I'm thinking about transcendence and I'm thinking about the dead ends of where we are today in so many different ways. People are trying to prove themselves in a variety of, uh, I would call it superficial. I would say that the the diagnosis of the human problem, whether it's about income inequality, which is a genuine problem, uh, no question about it, needs attention. We all know about it, and we've all had some. Anybody here have college debt, you know, or carrying your children's child debt or whatever it is? Um, Everybody, everybody knows about uh, income inequality and the need to uh, really uh, have fairness and justice in that department of life. And uh, we are all uh, keenly aware of our needs uh, from our uh, predicates and our secondary characteristics, but are they um, the universal things that tie me together? Uh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the um, advent of the uh, occupants of uh, interplanetary craft is, um, let me be honest, a metaphor. I kid around a great deal, but it is ultimately a very um, delightful and funny and glowing and memorable and, in my opinion, very cool, and I dedicate this to Charles Gaston, um, uh, a a metaphor for um, 
the unity of the human race before the great need of redemption and hope and power and uh, deliverance. That's what um, Brad Knight is talking about in his best hours when he preaches at uh, City of Destiny and uh, in Apopka. And that's what Paula, his mother, is preaching about uh, in her messages and in her ministry and in her public ministry. And that's what uh, Stu and John Zoll and Aaron Zimmerman and Ethan Magnus and uh, RJ and uh, um, Manny, David Browder, to whom I dedicated the last cast to, and uh, so many others, Andrew and... um, I'm not even, believe me, I'm so sorry, I'm not mentioning many, 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 many others. Jacobus at Calvary St. George's, Molina, Naya, Storymakers, Mockingbird, David Zoll, Simeon Zoll. I mean, these are all uh, individuals who are protagonists of a hope to a uh, non-superficially understood uh, um, description of the human need. So let's uh, call the Christian church a um, a vehicle in the uh, front lines of the desire to have World Contact Day. On that note, I dedicate this podcast to Charles Gaston, a man whom I uh, both love and admire in Birmingham. And I conclude the cast, or we conclude the cast, with a absolutely fantastic um, um, track by Robert Wyatt, uh, the um, discovery of which I owe entirely to John Zoll. I don't know the title. I don't know the actual title, and this is an excerpt of it, but listen carefully. It is uh, unique in the history of uh, pop music, as far as I know. God bless you. Oh, and it has a slightly rocky start. Uh, don't, don't let the dissonant of the first 30 seconds uh, defeat you, because it's really wonderful. <laughs> Let me go.